wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. everyone and welcome to A Quirky Journey. I'm your host Joe Witten and today I'm on my own for the intro. Uh, Fuad's away on his big uh, adventure so if you've been listening to our podcast you'll know that he's off to do a four-day water fast in the bush um, but he's also away for a little bit longer than that so he's away for about 10 days and off-grid, no phone, no internet so I'm on my own for a bit um, but what I'm um, sharing with you today is a podcast that we recorded last year with Elise Comerford, our GAPS practitioner. Um, it's a great podcast on eczema. Uh, we've had a lot of questions on eczema lately in the chat group and um, it's really important to remember that it's not just the skin that you're treating, it's the whole person and you really need to get to the root cause of the eczema for it to really heal properly. So um, Elise is great with explaining how to do this and to really bring it back to a nutritional medicine viewpoint um, and sharing what you can do to change your diet to help with eczema um, and how to detox slowly and gently so that you don't get great big eczema breakouts when you're detoxing. Um, so uh, we had this podcast up for a little while and then it was taken down while we did some um, fixing up some stuff on the podcast channel. So it's back up today and I hope it really helps you. If you have any questions about GAPS, about eczema, anything like that, you should go and check out Elise's website. So it's elisecomerford.com and you can find her also on Facebook and she um, is really knowledgeable about healing with food and um, healing with nutrition. So check her out there. You can also ask questions in the chat group and the Quirky Gaps Facebook group. You can ask questions on the Quirky Cooking uh, Facebook page if you like, and we'll get back to you. But if you have personal questions, feel free to email us at help at quirkycooking.com.au and we'll get back to you as soon as we can or pass your email on to Elise. Um, we really want to be able to help people who are really stuck with their health and just don't know which direction to go because we've been there and we know how hard it is and it's something that we're really passionate about. So if we can't help you, we'll pass you on to someone that can. Um, so listen in and um, hope it helps you. Also, I just want to remind anybody who's listening from North Queensland or if you're going to be in North Queensland in the first week of May, we have our Quirky Cooking and Life-Changing Food Seminars in Atherton, Cairns and Townsville, 1st, 2nd and 4th of May. So go to the Quirky Cooking blog and click on the events tab and you'll find all the details there and how to book in and what it's all about. But basically it's three hour seminars with a break in the middle and we um, talk about health and healing and food and um, cooking and all sorts of things. And we cook six dishes that you get to taste three of and we do a lot of Q&A with the audience. Every seminar is a little bit different because it really depends on what you guys want to know. Um, we have certain things that are at every seminar, so we go through the basics of whole foods and healing with food and um, the things that you'll read about on the events page. Um, we talk about it every seminar, but then there's so many things that are brought out from the audience that we um, discuss, and it's just a really interesting, fun, informative, uh, delicious 
time. <laughs> and we'd love to meet you guys. It's it's the highlight of our month when we get to do seminars and meet all you guys. So please come if you're in far north Queensland or north Queensland in ta- near Townsville. Um, we'd love to meet you. Bring your book along and we'll sign it. If you want to buy a book there, you can. You can pre-order it or you can buy it on the night. And um, we hope to see you there. I've also got um, a couple of things coming up here in Far North Queensland. So if you are in Far North Queensland, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter because I send out um, details of whatever events we have coming up. I'll be speaking at local um, business groups and libraries and um, things like that coming up as well. So if you can't get to a seminar, you may be able to get one of, to one of our other talks. And Fuad will be speaking at the Wellness Breakthrough in Kayama. Is it Kayama or Kiyama? I'm sorry, he's not here to tell me. I can't remember. But that's in New South Wales in um, June. So that's early June. Um, You can go onto the Wellness Couch website um, and you can find out about that one. But we'll put all the links in the notes below. So have a look. And um, yep, if you have any questions, feel free to message, email, post on the page. Um, We have lots of people in our team ready to um, get any messages through to us. So we we always want to be there for you guys and always answer any of your questions. So feel free to ask. Okay, thanks for listening. So we're back with our favorite uh, GAPS practitioner, Elise Kamafid, to talk about a very popular topic that we covered in our last podcast with Liesl Barnard. Um, we're talking about skin problems and eczema in particular. And we had such a, a huge amount of feedback on that podcast. And we thought that it would be really worthwhile uh, doing another po- episode on it to talk a little bit more deeply about um, the the GAPS perspective of eczema and uh, how to deal with eczema from the inside because Liesl's uh, perspective was, um, even though it was broad, the focus was more on um, what do you do with your skin? What do you apply to your skin to uh, help alleviate symptoms of eczema? And uh, Elise uh, will be talking to us today about uh, the holistic approach that includes dietary and lifestyle changes that you need to make. So uh, Elise, welcome again to the podcast. Great to have you here. Hi, it's very exciting to be back. Hi, Elise. We missed you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be back on the train. Yeah, when are you coming? (laughs) Every time I go out there to pick up my daughter from work, I'm like, I missed the retreat. (laughs) (laughs) And the weather's amazing at the moment, but I won't tell you that. (laughs) No, don't rub it in. Hey, before we start, could you give a, I've had um, someone ask if you could give a good definition of eczema. Oh, that's, that's a tricky a tough one. one. I know. Um, thanks, guys. Sorry. So, well, <laughs> from what I, I'm going to look up a good definition while I'm talking. Good, do that. From, okay, I'll give you my understanding of eczema. Eczema is not something that happens on the surface. It's something that happens deep in the layers of the skin. And what it is is that when toxins um, are getting detoxed through the skin, our skin is a major detox organ. So when toxins are being detoxed through the skin, they actually cause an inflammatory reaction. So um, it's called cytokines. They're an inflammatory response. Cytokines are released. They cause the inflammation. And the eczema is actually a result of inflammation. So I guess that's pretty much a definition of eczema. It's just a, 
um, inflammatory response from the skin and it's happening at a deeper level. The, the damage isn't on the surface of the skin, it's at a deeper level. Um, and I also had someone ask... So the symptoms of eczema is the, the itchiness, the, the dry skin and the redness and that kind of stuff. That's just a symptom of it. But the inflammation, uh, again, yes. is, is what it really is. Is that yeah. what you're saying, Elise? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's deeper. And is psoriasis okay. um, sort of a type of eczema or is that something completely different? So they're both types of dermatitis. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's really hard to try and determine between them. Mm-hmm. Some people call it psoriasis. Some people call it eczema. So okay. it can be hard to differentiate. But they're all a kind of dermatitis. So eczema can also be called like atopic dermatitis. And you treat them all the same. And and would you? Sorry. <laughs> you, yeah, that was really also my my question like in, in the same line but is it the fact that there's inflammation deep in the skin and then it manifests itself differently and then when it has a like a certain manifestation we call it eczema and then when it looks different we call it psoriasis but at the root cause it's the same as to my understanding root cause it's the same and root cause well it definitely is the same because root cause is always going to be a gut issue Elise is always gut, gut, gut. Heal the gut. So we we'll are hearing about Heal that. Um, <laughs> I, I could summarize today's podcast for you in that phrase. Heal the gut. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll that's the answer. Well, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> so in the end, both like things like psoriasis and, ex- psoriasis and eczema, they present themselves a little bit differently. Psoriasis is more like... Um, they can be easily confused, but psoriasis, like, it's like when the cells, um, there's like extra skin cells being formed on the surface of the skin. But yeah, so at the core, they're both an immune response and they're both, that's both being triggered by the gut or, and or environmental allergen. Okay. Great. That makes sense. (laughs) That explains it. Good. Yeah. Cool. Um, so where to from here? Do you want me to start getting into the causes? Well, yeah, I, I guess yeah. like it's really interesting to sort of consider why an organ like the skin, which usually has you know the ability to detox, why in some people it doesn't function, and why does this come about? Okay, so <clears throat> the car like in Western medicine, there's a lot of we don't really know the exact cause of eczema, so. Scientists don't really understand exactly the etiology of it. But current theories really put eczema as being autoimmune, which is really the theory behind it with gaps as well. So healing and sealing the gut, um, we all kind of know about autoimmune diseases that develops when there's damage to the gut lining and then food particles, toxins, toxins produced by bacteria, they're able to move into the blood, directly into the blood, um, and then become systemic. So, and particularly with the food particles, the gut's leaky, they're moving through into the blood in a way that the body doesn't recognise as food and can start actually um, soliciting an immune response to that. Um, so when we've got leaky gut and there's those toxins in the blood, they need to be they need to be removed from the body. So we can do that through the lungs, we can do it through the skin, the kidneys, the stool. So 
when um, those toxins reach the skin, they're causing damage to those deeper dermal layers and the body then initiates an immune response with the inflammatory cytokines. And so that causes the inflammation, which leads to the eczema. So basically that's where the, that's where the direct relationship happens with the gut. And I would definitely go as far to say that everyone with eczema would have some kind of gut issue. There's something going on in the gut to be eliciting that immune response. So when someone has eczema, the biggest confusion my, I find my clients have is, is it a food reaction or is it die off detox? Mm. So it can be both. So skin's a major detox organ, so toxins are leaving through the body through the sweat. Um, so when we're doing something like gaps and detoxing and going through stages of die off, eczema can flare. So the best way to tell the difference between what's going on there is if you've just introduced sauerkraut juice and there's a flare with eczema, we can correlate that with the introduction of sauerkraut juice. If you just introduce nuts and then the eczema flares, we can go, all right, that's probably the nuts. So you are a bit of a detective, as you guys know, when you're doing something like that, so you just got to figure things out as you go. Um but, yeah, so it's just kind of figuring out where you're at. If someone who's just on a standard diet and whose eczema's flaring, we know that's going to be food-based. Um, if someone's just introduced probiotics, we know that's going to be diet detox. Okay. So just uh, a little bit of background for listeners who will be joining us new because uh, there's a lot of new listeners who come to the show. They'll be searching for something like eczema or uh, stuff like that, and they'll come to the show and they'll hear us use the term GAPS. And this show is uh, quite a lot about GAPS. Maybe 80, 80% of our podcasts are on that topic or touch it in some way. Uh, but maybe, at least you can just give a little bit of a, a brief background of uh, what GAPS is, just uh, maybe a, a one-minute background so that when, when we continue with the rest of the show, people are on board. Okay. You're really challenging me there with a one minute. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> Just go listen to Elisa's Gaps 101. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) Basically, gut and psychology or gut and physiology syndrome is a condition which is basically connecting. It's the link between the gut and issues such as asthma, eczema, um, dyspraxia, dyslexia, autism, ADHD, depression, anxiety, celiac, uh, IBS, allergies, so lots of physiological and psychological issues and linking them to what is going on in the gut. So the GAPS protocol is a protocol which works at healing and sealing and repairing the gut lining and restoring the microbiome, which is the key to restoring health. All disease begins in the gut. So GAPS uses a really traditional style of diet that's based on whole foods some people think it's crazy and restrictive but when you really look at the bones of it all that's ever included is even at the most restrictive phase is still meat vegetables um it's not that crazy or restrictive um so yeah is that yeah, a good, good. <laughs> yeah and 
for uh, our listeners who don't haven't heard the word microbiome, this is referring to the uh, colonies of bacteria, yeast, fungi, viruses that inhabit our skin and uh, live in our gut, and they modulate our immune system. They synthesize vitamins for us, and uh, they do a lot of work to keep us alive. And it's really important to keep them in healthy populations and proportions to each other. And GAPS approaches this uh, specific topic to make make sure that the microbiome is healthy and that the place that they live in is nice and happy too. So that's where we talk a lot about gut health to ensure that our gut is a good place for them and also a good place for us to digest our foods. So, um, so are we are we saying that um, things like when my skin is flaring up, that my gut is unhealthy? So if you're in the middle of doing gaps and you've just introduced fermented foods and your skin flared up, that would be toxins released. Um, I guess we should explain the die-off response. So um, when you're doing, when at any point in time, if you were to introduce any kind of probiotics, so probiotic are beneficial bacteria, they're in like a commercial probiotic capsule or in fermented foods, when you introduce that, it causes bad bacteria or opportunistic bacteria to die off. When they die off, they release their toxins and then your body needs to deal with that. It needs to detox it in some way. So whenever we introduce probiotics or probiotic foods, fermented foods, we do so slowly just to ease into this die-off detox response. So by having that detox response, it's a good thing it's causing die-off from that opportunistic bad bacteria, but they do release their toxins and that can cause flaring of things, um, not just eczema, other things as well. And so it's something that you've got to keep at a manageable level. So that's one aspect of where you'll get the flaring. And then if eczema is like a chronic lifelong issue for you, there is going to be a gut issue. So our eyes and our skin, they're, they're the that's how we can look at the health of what's going on inside. That's what visually we have to see whether or not a person's healthy. So if there's something going on with your major organ, your major detox organ, your skin, then there's something going on with your detox pathways and there's toxicity in the body. And what we know with GAPS is that toxicity in the body stems from the gut. If there's overgrowth of bad bacteria, if the gut is leaky and allowing things through into the bloodstream um, that really shouldn't be there, then there's going to be an, or there'll be an imbalance in bacteria as well, which means there'll be more of the bad guys overgrowing. Um, you know, they're really what's going to have caused the leaky gut. And they're going to be releasing their toxins into your system, which are going straight through your leaky gut into your blood. So you can see there's this, this effect of when the gut's damaged, there's going to be toxicity there. And so that's where the theory with GAPS is that this toxicity in the gut can lead to a whole range of issues. And it really goes beyond being a theory in that science has definitively linked some of these issues to the gut. And research is absolutely exploding in this area and will just keep linking more and more and more issues back to the gut, mm. which Hippocrates knew it a really long time ago, but now we're just figuring it out. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so when he spoke, he's, he's the father of man who is often quoted for uh, saying, uh, let food be thy medicine and medicine, medicine be thy food. Um, yeah. So we, 
Gaps is basically taking his advice and trying to figure out what the right foods are for uh, healing the gut or what the medicine is. And yeah. there's a, a lot of conflicting opinions about these things. And Gaps is the one that uh, Joe and I have personally experienced and used ourselves and brought ourselves back from uh, feeling ill to a place that um, we're really, really healthy now and feel great. And um, every time we start going downhill, we go back to gaps and we start feeling good again. <laughs> um, and and um, there's a lot of podcasts about this topic, um, uh, about Joe and her son Isaac, you can revisit as well on the podcast. But um, we find the diet to be incredibly healthy and incredibly powerful and very quick to uh, show results, at least for us it was. And for people who have uh, like even severe autoimmune diseases, uh, they've seen huge changes in relatively short periods of time, considering the amount of time they've been sick as well. Absolutely. And uh, it has a bit of a unique approach to dealing with this um, this kind of uh, gut health issues. Um, that's uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of, of an idea. Um, is it firstly like would you treat eczema differently with gaps as you would something else, or? Is uh, psoriasis or someone who gets recurring infections or ear infections or asthma or uh, kids with uh, dyspraxia or something like that? Like, uh, diff are there different approaches with gaps or is it the one approach or how do you how do you go about it? Really, the approach with gaps ends up being different person to person. So it's not something that you'd go, okay, this is gaps for eczema, this is gaps for this issue, this is gaps for this issue because People, everybody has usually more than one of the issues and it won't be the same in everyone. Um, and it really comes down to just working with the person and where they're at. So I guess the, that's one big thing about GAPS and especially I always think this when I hear people say that GAPS didn't work for me. GAPS is a blueprint. It's like here's the bones, here's how it should be. Like literally the bones. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I totally that. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, this is how this is the basic stages of how how it should be implemented. But then that ends up looking different from person to person. And I guess the the main difference it's always going to be the same at the core, the way I work with people. But then often we're just trying to alleviate symptoms while we deal with the cause. So. Someone with eczema, I will get them taking evening primrose oil. Um, I'll talk about some of the things we do for treating it. So, and then, yeah, so it's, I guess, kind of a hard question to answer. Um, but, yeah, it's just so different person to person how we treat and it's like a day-to-day -day thing. It's, okay, what's going on today? Okay, this is what we need to try. If someone has adrenal fatigue, I'll get them to have egg yolks, more egg yolks if someone's got a thyroid issue we might use some natural thyroid supplements so it's always just going with where someone's at and um and any kind of supplementing is just really based on your case by case so um all right maybe let's look into the eczema aspect and and how in your experience you've dealt with it and what's worked and what hasn't okay so I'm going to say gaps. <laughs> Heal the gut. <laughs> yes. Gaps has worked. Yeah, gaps has worked. So really 
in my experience treating eczema, it has always been with gaps. So that's the approach I take. All When people come to work with me, they don't come to me with, oh, I think I just need to change my diet because I've got this issue. They have changed the whole foods. They've done this. They've done that. They've learned about gaps. They've read all these books. Um, and they've already fairly well-versed and know about, at least about gaps and have intention mm-hmm. of doing it. So I don't, I really just work with people that are about to or already doing gaps. So that is the approach I take with treating eczema. So by getting to the core of the issue and healing the gut, it means that we're removing toxicity because at the core, that is the issue that is going on with eczema. It's toxicity. Um, it's the immune system um, having an inflammation response. So by healing and sealing the gut lining and then working at restoring that bacteria in the gut, we're actually removing toxicity. And a big part of the GAPS protocol is supporting the detox pathways. So we do that by doing things like Epsom salt bars, there's juicing, um, there's eating liver, which is everyone's (laughs) favourite thing to do. Uh, There's enemas, everyone's second favourite thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'd rather and, the enemas. <laughs> <laughs> and just by removing toxic foods from the diet and um, and removing toxins from our environment, so just by doing all these things, we're actually taking that toxic load off the body, which will ease that inflammation response because then we're not pushing things through the skin that are damaging and causing inflammation. So that's my... That's my first and best answer is do gaps, heal and seal the gut, remove the toxins um, in the body and in the environment so that the skin's not having that inflammatory response anymore. And I've seen amazing results with this. I actually have, I'll, um, I'll contact a client and see if I can share her photos mm-hmm. um, and I'll send them mm-hmm. to you guys if that's okay, which I'm sure yeah. it will be. Um, and we've got really amazing photos of before we started and like five or six weeks in and then um, probably about a couple of months in. I'm not can't remember the time frame, mm. but it goes from like bleeding oh. and really horrible eczema on his face to completely clear. Wow. Um, really amazing. So and that's just that's, in a few months. Yeah, that's just in a couple of months. So it's not like. By trying to taste, take this approach, it's it's not like it's a super slow one. Mm. As soon as you take that toxic load off the skin so it's not having to deal with these toxins and have this inflammatory response, then you will see improvement. Wow, that's great. So the things we do um, alongside GAPS specifically for eczema is we do the Epsom salt baths, which everybody does on GAPS, Epsom salts help draw toxins out of the skin. So those toxins that are sitting in those dermal layers of the skin, the Epsom salts help to draw that out. So it removes those toxins so it can stop that inflammatory response. You can also do bicarb baths, so half a cup. That's particularly good for eczema. You can actually get oats Mm -hmm. um, uncooked and put them in a bag and run the bath through it. I've done that before. It's amazing. Yeah really soothing for the skin yeah and 
Um, although, you know, grains aren't allowed on gaps, you can bathe in it. <laughs> um, uh, for, for applying something to ease the pain and the um, dryness of eczema, it's some, some edible fat. So some kind of edible fat, whether it's tallow, lard, um, coconut oil. Um, so one of those. And evening primrose oil is really good for eczema. So you can take that orally. Um, for adults, it would be 4,000 milligrams a day for six weeks and then 2,000 milligrams a day after that. And then for children, I'd halve that dose. Is that evening primrose oil like an omega-6? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and um, it was my understanding that we sort of try to keep the ratios of like omega-3s to omega-6 like in the favour of omega-3s as much as we can and the omega-6s are usually an overabundance in our diets and we probably like our cells are quite inflamed because of the intake of omega-6s like in part that we've had historically. So I'm just interested about that point and how evening primrose oil is like different to something like canola or soybean oil. So um, when we, well, as soon as you go on a diet like GAPS, you're not having that high omega-6 fats in your diet. So although omega-6 fats are vilified, they're not something that we need to avoid. Um, so basically when you're doing, yeah, when you're doing something like that, evening primrose oil is a very healthy omega-6 oil and you will be having omega-3s. So it's not that you need more omega-3s than omega-6s, it's just that the omega-6 amount of omega-6s you have when you're eating a standard diet and those um, disgusting oils, then you're having a ridiculous amount of omega-6s. So that when it comes to doing something like GAPS, that's not really an issue and it will be balanced out with what else you're having in your diet. So you'd be doing fish oils, you'd be doing cod liver oil, um, so you you will be getting a good balance. So there's no... I guess issue. it's, uh, yeah, like it, it's also worth noting for our listeners that um, there's a... You know, when you look at the science and they look at things like omega-3s and 6s, and then we start looking at just that as a, as a factor for making our decision, then it doesn't help us see the big picture. Something like evening primrose oil that has come from a high-quality process and produces a high-quality oil is going to be much more beneficial for you than an oxidized one that you just get from any ordinary chemist that's had it on the shelf. So... Uh, just make sure that when you actually go and choose your evening primrose oil that you're getting like really fresh stuff that's uh, you know well kept and well stored and uh, hasn't been uh, exposed to heat and um, yeah the best that you can really afford is is, what, is there a brand that you recommend at least um i don't really have a specific brand that i recommend no okay cool um but, uh, we'll have a look and put something in the show notes later. Yeah. When you talk about the fats that, uh, you, like you mentioned, tallow and lard, and do you mean putting them on the skin or do, or getting them into the diet? Well, or both, both really. Yeah. Like okay. On the skin. Yeah, on the skin was what I was talking about there. Yeah, because so, I know um, tallow is traditionally something that's always been used for like rough skin and dry skin and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's the only that that. Anything you apply to your skin should, has to be edible. Yes. Because it absorbs straight into your bloodstream. Yeah. Uh, one of our sponsors, Walida, has a really excellent um, 
evening primrose oil lotion, which I use actually, and I really like it. It's worth having a look at. Go like I will put some links in, and we'll leave the website for you in the podcast later. But um, yeah, it's fantastic. I really recommend that one. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about taking supplements. I don't know of any brand about supplements, so I'll also research that and if we find something good, we'll put some links in the show notes too. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. All right, so so these are the topical applications. So what, what are your thoughts about using uh, pharmaceuticals? So I actually pulled up a bit of research. Um, well, I've got, first of all, the common side effects of cortisone cream. So cortisone cream is usually the go-to um, in terms of pharmaceuticals for treatment of eczema and psoriasis. So I've got in front of me the list of side effects, which is really interesting. The first one is skin redness, burning, itching, peeling. Um, the second is thinning of your skin, blistering yeah. skin, stretch marks, nausea, heartburn, headache, dizziness, menstrual period changes, trouble sleeping, increased sweating or acting. <laughs> Good gracious. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, well, I've had 10 years of that stuff at least. Yeah. So the way steroid creams actually work is they dampen the immune system. So remember I was talking about how the eczema is an immune response as toxins are reaching the skin to be detoxed and they instigate that reaction with the inflammatory cytokines. Um, So cortisone cream is just is dampening that reaction so it's dampening the immune system mm-hmm. um which is really the exact opposite of what we want we don't want to dampen the immune system so um it's very hard to give a blanket recommendation of don't ever use them because every case is different and if someone has a child screaming and bleeding in pain to tell them not to use a cream that they know may give some immediate relief would be a very difficult thing to do. Um, in my experience so far with eczema, I have been able to tell people to not use the cortisone cream because once we start dealing with the toxicity, there is relief. Oh, so good. my experience so far is to not need to use any pharmaceuticals. So I wouldn't rule it out altogether as it would never be the case and it really depends on an individual situation, but I haven't had to yet. So um, so infections or when the skin is, like you're saying, bleeding and all that, um, these are not like the, this will turn around rather quickly on gas and the skin will heal up quickly? Yeah, pretty quickly. So things we do when eczema is quite severe like that is the bicarb bars as I was saying the oatmeal the um applying the edible fat the evening primrose oil and also doing a honey like applying honey to the eczema and wrapping it overnight so you can wrap it in cling wrap or I prefer parchment paper um save the earth no plastic uh, <laughs> honey um, so honey, and you can also do seaweed. So mix, like get some hot water and mix it with a seaweed powder, like algo, double A-L-G-O powder, um, and apply that like a, like a thick kind of cream poultice, um, and then cover 
and leave overnight if possible and then wash it off and apply the edible fat to it again. So that applies, that um, provides really quick relief from severe um, eczema. So that, yeah, that's a good um, thing to do. And then so um, I mentioned that taking the evening primrose oil internally and other things that we do on GAPS that we take internally that help with eczema is the cod liver oil. So vitamin A is really good, um, really good for the skin, animal sources of vitamin A. So <clears throat> cod liver oil is high in that. So that is really beneficial. So taking that, um, the general dose is one teaspoon a day of cod liver oil. If someone's just starting out and they've got severe eczema, we could do two teaspoons of cod liver oil a day um, just for a short period of time to really get that vitamin A up. Um, and then what about like well, you'd reduce the dose according to the size of the person? So like a half a teaspoon or something? So children generally will do yeah. half, they, their dose is half a teaspoon. So if there was a child with severe eczema that was just starting out on gaps, we could introduce it as a teaspoon per day. Um, doubling the dose is generally something you'd probably want your practitioner to do. Um, that can be kind of determined on a case-by-case basis. But children, half half a teaspoon is the general recommended, recommended dose of cod liver oil on gaps and one teaspoon for adults. Great. That's excellent. Um, is there, uh, I've been doing some uh, personal experiments recently, at least with fasting and uh, just generally eating one meal a day. I've been doing that for close to two months now, five days a week. And I've noticed like um, a huge improvement in my skin quality and uh, my I think, you know, like I have some issues with detoxification and when I've just lowered the load of food that I take in, uh, I found that, you know, everything's improved greatly. Um, is there uh, room for like fasting or something like that to assist with faster healing for people? Absolutely. And the the kind of angle you come to with fasting is you've been on like you're on a paleo diet for a long time and gaps for a while. So you come from a really good, you're very fat adapted, um, you yeah. come from a whole food diet. So yeah. someone who's on a standard diet, I wouldn't say go eat one meal a day. No, they wouldn't <laughs> cope. This is what I've been saying. To- <laughs> they already think you're crazy. If they're yeah. like, hey, yeah. um, so the difference um to between when you're on a standard diet you're very reliant on carbs which means your blood sugar has huge fluctuations and it's like eat breakfast have your cereal and toast blood sugar spike crash at 10 a.m have a snack blood sugar spike crash at lunchtime so it's just this up and down of energy when you're doing something like gaps or paleo kind of whole food style diet it's generally naturally high in fat which is what our diets are meant to be and you don't really get those crashes. Your adrenals are what look after kind of um, regulating your blood sugar levels. So adrenals are really important for feeling good and energetic. Um, so yeah. by doing this kind of high-fat, naturally kind of high-fat diet, you're keeping your adrenals pretty happy um, by having your blood sugars nice and balanced. So when you fast, um you would find, and I know I find when I fast, that 
pretty much uh, like I'll, I usually go with a principle called when. So it's when, W-H-E-N, when hunger ensues naturally. So you fast with this kind of feeling of, okay, I, I'm to- like wake up in the morning, I can totally fast today. I don't even feel that hungry. And then lunchtime comes around, yep, I'm good to keep going. Dinner comes around and it might be, yeah, okay, I'm hungry now. So that's when hunger ensues naturally and that's really a, the principle you should follow when you fast. Mm, that's um, good. It's not like I'm fasting today, so, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. No, I'm dizzy go- and I'm whatever. I'm not going to eat. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. Yeah, like like, that. That's not yeah, I'm, I'm definitely learning that myself. Like I'm finding that, that – um, Firstly, hunger signals that I used to think are serious hunger actually aren't. They're just like, hey, you know, like it'd be nice to eat something now. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a difference between that, you know, and, and real hunger. Um, yeah. But like, I'm, for instance, sometimes I'll eat uh, at 3 p.m. and sometimes at 5 p.m., depending on how hungry I feel. But it's just like in, in terms of, you know, I've always struggled with really poor skin. Like the, some of the worst skin that, you know, has this planet has seen really was... <laughs> was mine and um I, I still like go up and down nowhere near as bad as i used to be and I, I don't take medication or anything like that for it but um you know on gaps it improved greatly and um you know there were scars from the scratches like i'd scratch myself before gaps and there were scars there and uh, they're slow healing things and on fasting i find scars heal more quickly and it seems yeah. that the body just diverts its attention to healing somehow a little bit better and that's why um a lot of if when people start looking into gaps they might learn that in stage one there is some fasting so it's just what the body naturally does and we've got things we do to make sure blood sugars don't crash um but yeah you you naturally go into a fasting state because you're detoxing so much so you start stage one you start detoxing so much you don't feel very hungry and what you're eating is very easy to digest. So it's putting your body naturally in a fasting state, which is our natural healing mode. It's when yeah. when the attention, the energy is taken off digestion, we can heal. So um, when you're in a position where you're able to fast comfortably, then doing so is really beneficial because you are taking that load off you're allowing your, you're just giving your body this break so it can detox things and process things and um, not having to be focused on um, digestion. So, yeah, I think fasting can really help a lot. Um, is it a good idea for people to put their children on a fasting diet or how would you approach that? So, hmm, um, with children, I like you couldn't. It's not that you would really go and put your child on a fasting diet because that already that moves away from the when principle because it would be you putting them on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have some clients that will say to me, "They're not hungry in the morning. Do I have to make the meat?" And I say, "No." So yeah. no, you don't have to let them listen to their body. So it wouldn't be so much, "Hey, I'm putting you on a fasting diet," but more if they're not hungry, which some people yeah. can't. Imagine their children not being hungry, yeah. but <laughs> blood sugars and get them off the addiction to carbs. They will actually have moments when they're not hungry um, that you don't make them eat. And that mm. really goes against mm. what a lot of the societal norms, which is force your children to finish every bite of food. Every meal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. 
and, and like the phobia about you know having them skip a meal is a big deal in, in the way huge. in our culture yeah yeah oh my gosh i was just having this conversation with a client today because once you step out of it it really spins my head yeah seeing like, <laughs> yeah. people yeah. in it because i've been there that, yeah that same same that, yes oh my gosh i used to feel like that like well, oh, like you, yeah, it, like you just have to feed to them, and if they don't want to eat every two hours, something's wrong, and yeah. you've got to carry food around everywhere. Yes. You, <laughs> you just can't have them being hungry. Yeah. It's really crazy. I think food industry, snack industry, rub their hands together about that. Oh. Yeah, you remember, know, we, uh, we're not ruminants. You know, we don't have to graze all day. Yeah, but that's <laughs> how we, we're built to withstand some hunger. I know yeah. when, my, when my kids were little, that was, I don't, I mean, I haven't got small kids now. I'm not sure what the in thing is, but it was very in to have your kids constantly grazing and always have food available and just let them sort of eat whenever. And because the food was there, they were just wanting it all the time. Um, and I know when we were kids, we always had breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, supper, every day. That was just what you did. Yeah. Um, and now I look at I'll that and think, my, oh my, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Are you there? <laughs> no, you, mentioned, you know, Joe, you came and visit. Plus. Uh, I can't you, hear you. I had uh, breakfast. Can you hear me? Now uh, I can. Now I can. You remember when I had, you came over for a visit to do those classes in Canberra and the Blue Mountains just recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a big day ahead, so I had breakfast with you. Yeah. And I just kept eating all day. Yeah. And I was like, look at me, I'm just eating all day. Yeah. And it was such a weird thing because, like, food makes you eat more food. Yeah. Like, the, the minute you put something in your mouth, you just open, you know. <laughs> the floodgates. <laughs> and, and then things just keep coming in there. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I think I think it's a good idea. If you're not hungry in the morning, just don't eat until you just feel hungry. Don't yeah. force yourself to do it. Yeah. And overnight is when you do a lot of your detoxing. So if you don't have an appetite in the morning, it's because your body's still detoxing. So it's really allowing it the space to do that. Have a lemon water. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Yeah, good advice. Yeah. Yeah. What's a good time to stop eating? Like we switch this to fasting, but I'm just interested because it does go hand in hand. um, (laughs) That's all right. We knew we'd go off on rabbit trails. Stage one gaps. Yeah, but let's say like stage one in gaps is or like intro. Yeah, that's like a fasting diet, really. Like you're eating a lot of cooked foods that get absorbed so quickly, and they don't yeah. uh, spike your insulin, and that's yeah. almost like fasting mimicry, um, well, that's but exactly with, with calories and nutrition on top, yeah. which is incredible. That's exactly exactly it. So that is in essence what stage one of GAPS is so people mm. that aren't familiar with how GAPS diet works there's an intro phase which is a more restrictive phase stage one to six and then full GAPS which just looks like a whole food diet really um so in stage one all that's consumed are meat stocks with slow cooked meats and vegetables um so because the meat stocks are slow cooked um the veggies are slow cooked it's in the stock it's got lots of healing properties that actually does put your body in a natural fasting state because it's digested so quickly and easily. So, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing in GAPS is putting our body in that fasting mode while still getting the nutrients and the energy requirements that we need. So, yeah. And you do often see kids on stage one of GAPS not wanting to eat much. 
No, and that's because they're detoxing, so mm. that's their body saying no because I've got stuff to do with now. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember those photos of Emma's. I know. Um, I was thinking of that. I was thinking of that. Emma's, um, our assistant, and she's had some great before and after photos with the eczema, hasn't she? We'll see if we can put those on. But like her kid was just standing, photos, and just like so unhappy, and body's covered. And he's like, like you can see he's um, holding his body really tightly because he's trying not to itch in the photo. Yeah, first one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really not long. Yeah, six months photo. I think it was six months later that he was just perfect, perfect kid. Yeah, and this is totally, with a big smile. this is off track, but I've got to tell you this, Emma sent me, she won't mind me saying, she sent me a video that she found of four years ago of her, of the same child when he was so bad and um, he was stuttering really badly and he couldn't get his words out and he was so unwell. And to see the difference in that kid now, like he's, he's, um, doing acting and stuff like this, like he's got the most beautiful um, happy sort of smile and he's got this beautiful voice and speaks well and he looks amazing. It's like, wow, different kid. So Yeah, good. it's amazing. Yeah. I have a lot I have a lot of people coming like look starting to look at gaps and going, Oh, but I could never put my child through that. Are you and kidding me? <laughs> it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty easy for me to say on this end of it because I've worked mm, with hundreds of families through true. gaps now. You've seen that the, come out the other side. I, I wouldn't put my child through the suffering of not doing it. Yeah, so, same. Yeah, so it's like in in the worst of it, on average, it's a week or two yeah. of the worst of it. Yeah. And it's like nursing your child through a gastro bug or the flu. Um, yeah. And I've had a client who who her children were pretty bad on intro. I think they were nine days of refusing food and oh, vomiting man. and really unwell two girls and I think about probably eight weeks in it was Mother's Day and they wrote cards thank you for doing gaps with us mummy we feel oh. so much better and things like that <laughs> like so it doesn't even matter if they really suffer in that they, they are know. so grateful yeah yeah they're glad later yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just amazing how switched on they are to their bodies once they do something like that yeah and, um and parent like telling I'll have kid like kid clients telling their mum no I don't think I'm ready for that it doesn't quite feel right and things like that they just get really switched on with what's going on their body it's really amazing I think it's a beautiful gift to give your children um you know while they're young and then it affects their health for the rest of their life um so yes Elise um well just because I went and did I I went and pulled out quite a few Scientifical, uh, scientifical. Gosh, <laughs> That's a good know. word. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you cut that bit out. <laughs> no, I know. It's cute. I like it. <laughs> you can trust her. You can say scientific. Yeah, you can so trust her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're doing this at night. Okay, guys, with our brains know, are, you know, <laughs> a little slower. <laughs> so, so that I, I went to say scientific and scholarly in the same word. <laughs> Scientifical. Um, so I went and I went and did I did delve into some scholarly articles before doing this because uh, often with gaps 
we we learn from Facebook pages and from blogs and stuff. And I do like to draw back on the science to go, this stuff is actually backed by science. So I looked in some of the science about eczema. Um, and there were some interesting finds. Um, so IgE allergies, um, they, studies actually show that they're associated strongly with eczema, asthma and rhinitis. So eczema and asthma and rhinitis seem to be related as well. They kind of go hand in hand. So a study actually showed that um, IgE responses are really strongly linked to eczema, which is, um, you know, GAPS really looks at the fact that IgE responses are because of leaky gut. So, um, so you know, when there's leaky gut and there's food particles that are going through into our blood in a way our body doesn't recognise as food and then starts attacking it, um, that's when we can start having things like the IgE responses. So studies show that healthy, balanced gut flora early in life actually protects against eczema. So when there is a good biodiversity of gut bacteria early in life, um, there's less chance of getting eczema. And children who develop eczema have a predominance of the bacteria from Clostridium family, family, and those who did not develop eczema had higher bacterioids. So that's showing that what's going on with the bacteria in the gut is strongly correlated with eczema. So another one with the bacteria in the gut is where is it it was um strep so when there's high strep and i have any pretty much all my clients who have done bioscreening tell me they've got an overgrowth of strep so that's really strongly correlated with eczema and candida yeah someone asked about that in the chat group yeah so there's actually a study done on it and it does show that um, candida is significantly prevalent in people with uh, eczema and asthma. So there's definitely that connection there. So, it's all so candida, you know, candida weakens the immune system. Okay. Yes. Hmm. So there's some science. <laughs> so, so, uh, so are these uh, strains that are like missing or low? Are they uh, are they available in pills or do you get them in like? Uh, sauerkraut where did they come from yeah would, so yeah. is the aim at or adding them like, like would you add to your diet or can you even do that yeah so there are things you will find in um in probiotics and fermented foods but it's really it's like the overgrowth of things like clostridium and strep that are having a big impact as well so with overgrowth of bacteria the way that we resolve that is by bringing in more of the good bacteria, which gets that under under control. Mm. So when there's mm. overgrowth of things like clostridium and strep, one of the first approaches that Western medicine will take is antibiotics. Thing about when there's overgrowth with the bacteria like clostridium or strep, there's damage to that ecosystem that is in our gut. So the gut is an ecosystem and when we just go in with antibiotics, they don't discriminate. They will reduce that overgrowth, but they'll also kill off other things. And what they're doing is actually further damaging that ecosystem. 
And studies also show that when we go in and treat things with um, antibiotics, often they come back and usually worse. Mm. So that's because we've just further damaged that ecosystem, allowing things to become more overgrown. So um, in healing the gut, and this is really the approach that GAPS takes, we're restoring that ecosystem. And I often, a a way to kind of explain this to people, it's like the difference between if you had a bucket of water and you tried to, say if you had a bucket of dirty water and you tried to, you could tip it out or you could get a hose and stick it in and then just slowly let it overflow. That's what it's like trying to change your ecosystem and detox when you're doing gaps. You don't just tip out a bucket and start again. Mm. You're putting stuff, you're basically putting more, like in this example, I'm such an analogy person. Yeah, I was just thinking that. You're very good at them. (laughs) Always use analogies. Yeah. Um, So so what, what we're actually doing, the way to, the only way to change this ecosystem is sticking that hose in the bucket and it just gradually starts to just put more of the fresh water in and get more of that dirty water out. So, yeah, so that's how we're transforming that ecosystem that is the gut. And, you know, the gut has this symbiotic relationship. It's the, it's the microbes and it's the gut lining. So you need just like you need healthy soil to grow pretty flowers, you need healthy gut lining to grow good bacteria. So it needs to be in a, a healthy environment for the good bacteria to flourish. And then you need good bacteria flourishing to keep that gut lining happy as well. So you, it's this work you're doing at just transforming this environment and it's like, I guess as well, another analogy, if you cut down a certain species of tree in a forest, it would take time for that whole ecosystem to change and adapt so that's the way our ecosystem is i don't even know if i was answering a question then i went off on a little tangent no that's okay tangent is it good <laughs> <laughs> to, to the topic and yeah really well explained yeah, yeah, very good. scientifically so what is that how what did you say scientifical <laughs> articles yeah very sen- yeah um, scientifical. <laughs> scientifical, that's it. Very scientific. So, so guys, if um, if we've sort of made this argument uh, make sense to you, and it it kind of uh, resonated with you about gut health and what it takes to heal things like eczema, and you're interested more about gaps, we have quite a lot of uh, podcasts that we can refer you back to. We've got a really good one with Elise on GAFS 101 that um, is really worthwhile listening to if you haven't already. And we've put a few links in the show notes as well so that um, anything else that is relevant to this, you'll be able to go through. But we really recommend going through the podcast and also picking a few GAFS podcasts that uh, resonate with you because there's a lot to learn about this. And um, good luck on your journey. Elise, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's... uh, awesome uh, learning a lot from you and um you know it's fantastic to have someone who can bring such clarity and the gaps perspective which we stand with because we've seen so much positive results for us and for our community as well we've got thousands of people who are doing the online gut health program with with us and uh, they're all benefiting greatly and it's just you know such a wonderful approach and what a great thing it is to tell people hey you know like you don't have to go on anything crazy. Just eat some meat and vegetables and you'll be better. 
Yeah, no, it's amazing. <laughs> and it, um, it, it really is. It's a it's a gift, you know, because you, otherwise you're just trying to tell people some crazy script for something, you know. Otherwise, it's it's just not natural to us, and it's it's great because gaps is just a natural way of eating, and yeah, uh, it's very most, helpful, you know. So yeah, most people say that they looked at all these ways, of, you know, looked into all these different diets and all these different things. And then looked into gaps, and it just makes sense. Just and that's, clicks. It, does. it just yeah. clicks, and it just it sounds true. It feels true. And then when you look into it and see the benefits people are getting from it, yeah. then it is true. And that's why it's like it's just exploding. There's just so yeah. many people looking into it. Now. We've really noticed think, that. Yeah. Well, I think you guys have had a really big impact on that, getting yeah, it out so. to people. <laughs> and making it more accessible, which is awesome. Can I just say also um, for people who are very new to the whole idea of GAPS, um, we did a blog post. If you just go onto the blog that says, where do I start with GAPS? And we'll put a link in the show notes. But it's just simple steps that will start heading you in that direction, Um, you know, getting you onto the whole food way of eating and helping you move towards GAPS because I know that, Sometimes you look at these things and go, I'm overwhelmed, but it's it's not overwhelming and it's something that everyone can do and just um, start reaping the benefits, like Elise says, quite quickly. Yeah. And if it didn't get some kind of result fairly quickly, I don't think people would stick with gaps. I think that's why we all stick with it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, we yeah. we saw results within a couple of weeks. We started seeing results, so yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I'm coming up to visit you, Fu. Oh, I thought you were oh, say me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I want to come and visit. We need to see. Oh, me. I'm going to bring awesome. Dylan. We want to hang out. Yeah, I'm <laughs> doing before mid September because I'm going to go overseas for a few weeks. So please come soon, soon rather than later. Yeah, we will. Um, Elise, would you be able to tell people where they can find you? Um, so you can find me at elisecomerford.com or facebook.com slash elisehealth. Elise, you also have a, a website. Lost you there, food. Lost for, a little bit. Uh, it's called, called, yeah, maybe do a plug for that as well. Oh, yep. thanks, Sue. It's Cole Coast, so C-O-A-L coastorganics.com.au and I have pretty much everything you need for gaps on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then for that little pop-up thing will come up for 10% off your first order, which is exciting too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we've got a coupon code for uh, podcasters. I'm not sure. We might be able to share that with you guys anyway on your order too. If it's your second order or uh, any other order. Um Elise, again, thank you so much. Joy, you don't have any more questions for Elise. No, that's okay. I, I think we've, yeah, I think we've gone through all the questions. <laughs> I did post a little. Um, anyone want to know anything about eczema on the gut health support group? And so I think we've covered it all. You've done well, Elise. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no problems at all. Thanks for having me. I love and, chatting with you guys. And for those of you who um, are in the gut health program, um, Elise is our lovely gaps practitioner that answers questions in the q a's each week um so yeah pop in and ask if you've got any more questions for her next q a awesome yeah
Bye. Thank you so much, bye. Elise. Great, thank you. See ya. Okay, bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.